Welcome back, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brucht, part two of Mayakotan as promised. And last time we said that we would like to have a special presentation on learning about Avelos and about Misa, which is what we're learning about now in Mayakotan. And I like to think of it this way. People today like to find schoolists. They run around the world looking for schoolists, which in a certain sense, there are beautiful schoolists that people have and people do. But on the say, in the same vein, people are are hesitant when they hear about doing certain things or learning certain things, which may be the opposite of a schoola. And there's this, I don't call it a rumor, but there are sources out there about learning or not learning Hilchas Havelis and about Misa. So that's what we want to talk about today. Talk about some of the sources, talk about throughout the generations, did the Jews learn it? And maybe there were those that didn't learn it. Until today, what do the modern day Paiskim say about this? So, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brat, thank you so much for coming back on. No problem. Okay. So, at some point in time, many people in your lives, you've heard that you stay away from learning Masechus Ma'ikaton, specifically the last part, because it deals with the Yonim of Sakana, Misa. So, I would like to trace today some of the sources for the statement and why one can indeed and should learn this Masechus. At the outset, I will stress that my research is still, on collecting on the subject while it began many years ago is still ongoing, and any sources or comments would be greatly appreciated. Two, I also a disclaimer, I'm not a Pisic in any form, so I'm just quoting the sources from any G'daylum to tell part of the story. You do whatever you want with the information. Okay, basically when looking around for the sources, you'll come across uh, most quoted sources are a Sefer Hasidim, a piece from a Yosef Aymitz, some ciphers, and a Knesak I'm going to try to add to these sources a little bit more context and add more sources to talk about the issue in general. Okay. In general, <clears throat> it's interesting that there's no early source um, before the Sefer Hasidim, which we're about to be learned, which talks about or saying that you can't learn Marit Katan in general. It's strange. It's, it's stra- not only that, it's strange that there should be a problem. It's a very relevant area of Tyra. Ask any active Rav, and they'll tell you how important it is to know this material. You have to know it on the spot. Um, okay. Inter- a, it's even more interesting is that we find that there are certain times that a person is not allowed to learn a Tyra, so specifically on Tishabav and when one Layalenu is an Avam. Um, what is one allowed to learn during those periods of time? He's allowed to learn specifically Mayakatan and Hilchas Avelis on Tishabav, even though it's not related to Tishabav so much. Now, the question is, why? It's, it's a sort of ironic. Okay. Anyway, there's a discussion in the Paiskim. When an Avel or on Tishabav, when you're learning these halachas, are you allowed to learn a Be'iyun? Are you allowed to write down, let's say, you come up with, if someone comes up with a Chiddush when he's learning Hilchas Avelis, is he allowed to write it down? So, the Aruch HaShulchan actually has a beautiful piece in Hilchus, in Hilchus Avelis, Shimpei Dalit, Sif Dalit and He, where he talks about it. He brings down that that people talk about if you can learn a Be'iyun, he brings from a Chidah that you have to be very, that one has to be very careful about it when they're learning, and certainly not to write if someone comes up with a Chiddush, 
while he's learning Hilchas Avelis. Anyway, he says just the opposite. Of course, one could, just like in Hilchas in Chalamoy, we find that it's mutter to write Torah because it's in Chadaver Ava that's Gadol from this. And he says learning Torah it's different. In Chanami, you're not supposed to. Torah is about Hana, and and we know and all these issues. But when you're when you're learning. So that is, if someone is allowed to learn that particular topic and he has a no, that's not that. So he's not doing anything wrong because that he's allowed to learn. So then he 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 comes to the conclusion it's not a problem to to um, learn be'ion, so to speak. If you if one comes up with a gvaldik a chiddush while he's an avil or on tishaba for that matter, and one could even write it down. Anyway, that's a side point. Okay, what's the first source? So we mentioned is the sefer Hasidim. Now, what does the Sefer Hasidim exactly say? It's one, so it's one of these things, as everyone knows, when you look it up many times, you look it up inside and you learn the source carefully, a lot of times the story turns out to be much different than the way it's said or brought down. Okay, here is one such case. Sefer Hasidim, is, this, this particular piece comes to us in a few different... We're not going to go through the exact um, uh, differences in the Gersais of the Sefer Hasidim. There are different editions of Sefer Hasidim. It's not, it doesn't play such a role in this piece. Bottom line is as follows. The Sefer Hasidim says, in Simon Reish Samachalof, that is the standard edition of the Sefer Hasidim, um, whereas if you're using the the Makita Nerdamim edition, the, which is based on the manuscript, that would be, Simen, I think it's Simon Aleph. Okay, it says like this. There are certain mitzvahs, if you see a mitzvah is, buzz, is buzzly, that people are not doing it. In, in your city, certain areas of Taira that they're not learning, such as Kachim, or, he says, Ma'id Katam, Parak Misha Mesu. You shall learn it. And then he says, V'tekabel schar gadol kenege kulam, ki hein dugmas meis mitzvah. It's mamash meis mitzvah. And he goes on with a with a mashal. Okay. So at this point, he seems to be saying, you should dafka learn such a masechta if you see in your where you live that people are not learning it. He doesn't say that you shouldn't learn it. Okay. Then he says, but then he brings down. Why do people say not to learn it? He says, Lama sakana, because they say it's a sakana. So therefore, he says, maybe you should Don't learn as intense as other masechtas. Then he says a very interesting explanation, to, which we'll elaborate on um, later on, is Lefisha called davar shetaisim oisib becheska sakana. Afilo eina makam masukan mazik. Why? Lefisha lashem neyadam veeinayim mazekis. There's a power of people, and if they believe that it, it does damage, then it does damage. This is an incredible concept a lot to say about it today we will not we'll just talk, touch on it a little bit then he says if you learn it you should daven that nothing bad should happen and if you're learning as if let's say you're learning it with rabbeim you should learn it not so openly not so meforsim and then it won't be then there won't be such problems that we say that we just mentioned of, of that there's some type of power of, of nezek and b'nei adam that could cause damage okay then he concludes his piece. He says, um, "You should learn it and make sure not to learn it with Kalis Reish." Okay. Um, and he says, "Interesting." Lashon Gam Shamati that is based varm that the Malach Hamaves hears. Um, one of them is someone that learns Maisa Merkava, which obviously will, be, which will play a role in the Sechus Chagiga job and Ma'ikatan. So therefore, what you should do is. 
you should be very careful when you're learning it. But you should learn it. If you're learning it, as long as it's not Bekalas Rosh. Okay. So now, the question is, after seeing this piece, what exactly is the maskana of the Sefer Hasidim? Is the Sefer Hasidim pro-learning it or not? You see, it's not so It's not so clear. First of all, is he saying that one should not learn it? It doesn't sound like he's saying you shouldn't learn it. He's, he's, he's stating a fact that in his time, it seems people didn't learn it. But who's those? who are those people? Most likely, and we'll see this, hopefully we'll try to document this much more clearly, he's not referring to the Gdailim and people like that. They did learn it, but there seemed to be some type of, got people nervous. He even explains why. And that what happened, but not that it's us or to learn it in any form. But if you're nervous about it, he says, it's a how you should go about learning it. Be careful, um, um, not Bacalus Reich. Maybe if you're learning in a shir, it shouldn't be so um, like any other sugis. Okay. But he's not coming out with a blank and iser to learn the Masechta. Okay. And as a matter of fact, he's saying that if you do, it's a great schos because it's a mace mitzvah. So if it's a mace mitzvah, if, he's, if, if one of the pieces, one of the part of the pieces emphasized the mace mitzvah, it would be usher. So what would, why would he be emphasizing that? Um, and then his conclusion is yasik bechol liba liyasha belaykalus reish chen komitz. Okay. Anyway, fine. That that's the first source on the topic that people quote. Obviously, people don't really necessarily open up to say Chassidim and to see all the different problems because it's not, as I, I'm saying, it's not so pasher what is exactly his maskana. Okay. Furthermore, even if it is a Sefer Chassidim, and even if the Sefer Chassidim does say it's Asr, but it's not, it's interesting, it's not brought down in Halacha anywhere, that one should not learn Masechtas Ma'ikatan. We have in Yeradei, Halachas Tamatayra, different Halachas, different places this could come in, and we don't. it's not brought down. So even if, even if worst case scenario, the Sefer Chassidim really held it's a problem, it's not brought down to, 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 do, to refrain from learning Ma'ikatan in general. Okay. In general, it requires a lot of iun. When exactly and how does the Sefer Hasin become a, a, a important makar in halacha? Lamashal the Ramah, and even in the, the, the Yam Shashem, they don't quote it so often. So even though it's an extremely important work and it existed and people had it, it doesn't play such a role until only a little later on. As everyone knows, especially um, relating to the opening that we had just now, um, the Tzavaz Rabbi Dachasad, people go crazy about it. There's numerous svarim written about it, dozens and dozens, I'd say hundreds of chuvas are written about it, and people are, con- Rabbanim are constantly asked, should you be concerned? Shouldn't you be concerned? And there's a lot to say about that. But also, when does that happen, that it becomes such a concern in the world of halacha? Forget, um, okay. Now, the next source is a source, called, um, it's a sefer called Yosef Aymetz, a beautiful sefer. Who was this Yosef Aymetz? This person was a yeki. He was on the Besden with the Shlach, a good friend of the Shlach. And um, it, was a, it was printed long after he died, but he died in 1637, something like um, close to 80 years after he dies is the first time the sefer is printed. It's a very important sefer because it talks all about how um, Minhagim, with a lot of interesting Makairis, a lot of different sources he had, and all different types of things. Fascinating Sefer. More recently, it was printed by, a uh, nice edition was printed by Mahon um, Shloma Uman, um, and you could buy it in a local farm store. He has a, a long piece about our topic that we're discussing today, and he begins, Yeish li zar, um, this is Yeish that you should not skip Hilchus Avelis. Okay, interesting. Then he says, 
what they did. That's all they did. There was a concern not to end with um, um, something bad. So they did it. And then he says, He's referring to the known minig by Haftiris, certain Haftiris. Um, we are we chayzer a pasuk to be that it should be mesayim with a davar toiv. This is a topic a lot to talk about. There's a Yaakov Spiegel tri- deals with the haftira aspect. There's a fellow a Rabbi Gervitz in Australia recently just put out a sefer called Chikre Halacha Uminig where he deals at great length about this concept of being mesayim with a davar toiv. Now interesting is mesachtes ma'id katan the last one of the last taisus and deals with and taisus yishanim in the beginning of Yavamis deals with the connection of ma'id katan to Yavamis. And in this um, thing, it, in this thesis it deals with, it says um, that that once we that we start with um, we we begin nashim with tesvav nashim and zeshaylots, we're talking about death and people dying. It shouldn't it shouldn't start out of masechta like this. And we say because we want to be saimich peronius to peronius. We say my katan was dealing with avelis peronius, so we we're, we attach it, which is very interesting because we know that in dafyaimi we're going to be starting soon chagiga. What's going on over here? So we see that at one point, and at least according to some Rishayim had that Moed Katan was the end of the Masechta, and that's the shot. But we see it, this this Nakuda is that what the Yosef Ayman is pointing out, it's not a terrible, at, at least at this part of the piece, it's only because of the Messiah and the Dover Taif. So, every, so what did his Rabbeim do? They used to end off the Shear with the Dover Taif. But it sounds like they learned it. It sounds like, Okay. Now, Another point is that this sefer, um, this sefer Yosef Aimitz, there was a fellow, um, a contemporary of the Yosef Aimitz. His name is Rechaim Ulma, and until very recently, his ha'aris on the sefer Yosef Aimitz was in manuscript. It was known. Um, there was a fellow Yitzchak Zimmer recently wrote about it, not, uh, wrote about these hagayis, but it was never available. In this new edition, they put in these ha'aris throughout the sefer. Also, tons of fascinating material. So this Rechaim Ulma on this piece, he says that there's a mazik. Um, that's mamuna. That if you don't finish with a davar taiv, it's going to start doing different things. It's similar to this famous um, um, malach that we that's brought down actually in halacha. If you don't close a sefer, um, you're going to forget what you learned. Okay. Anyway, fine. Then the Yosef Aimitz, going back to this, the Yosef Aimitz goes further in the piece, and he says he saw people what they did, big people, that when they learned chulin and yeshiva, they were. They had a they had regaiser tainus beforehand. Why? So it shouldn't be mekatrig on the talmud chachamim when you're doing hilchashchita. So what happens is people are showed showed it on themselves. So to be mekatrig, the actions have consequences. And he says, my father, when he used to give shear on the riff in mesachtas chulin and on the riff on yevamis, and he says he thinks also my katan because it talks about yonim misa. There was a fast before the yeshiva. So there's an eitzah you can learn mesachta just fast. Now, what's happening over here is, if you note, in this piece, we just extended, it's not only Maid Katan to be nervous about, it's also Yavamis, and it's also Chulit. Okay. Agav, we see that they learned Rif in those days also, but that's a side point. Okay. Now, back to this Chaim Ulma. He has around this piece also. And he brings down that from the Kabbalah Sarizal that you can learn it. The only issue is if you're learning it, Shaloy L'Shem Shamayim, or Lakanto, or something like that. But if you're learning it, that's when there's a Kitshrug and there's a Sakana. But if one is learning it with the right intentions, it's not a problem. Now he throws in, we just mentioned Yavamis and Chulin, he throws in also Baba Basra. 
But if you're being Isaac L'shem Shamayim, there's no problem. Okay, so what just happened over here, if you note, is that a few more Masechtas got mixed in. It's not only my katan. We got Erchun, Yavamas, Babas. Okay, fine. Then he just says, um, he ends up, then the Yosef Oymitz, going back to Yosef Oymitz, he goes back, that he saw his Rebbe who would never skip. Even the things that we didn't understand, they learned it. And then he concludes with the Sefer Hasidim. He brings the Sefer Hasidim. He says, and this is the quote, That's also Kachim. That's another aspect, another discussion. But you, you see, what does he say the conclusion is of the Sefer Hasidim? There's a mitzvah to learn things that, that others do not learn. Now, what about the other aspects of the, 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 that the Sefer Hasidim mentioned about Shema? He already took care of it, and Rechaim Olma also, they, but, but, and they have a different Eitzah, which is Tainus. Okay, fine. Now, bottom line is that, but the, so, the, so you see the Sefer Hasidim all of a sudden got very cut, very short, and it's mentioned very briefly in this thing, and it's mentioned Adarabba to learn the Masechta, and it's a Beishchus, a Meis Mitzvah. Okay. When is the first time the Sefer Hasidim is mentioned? There's a fascinating Sefer called Yalkut Chadash, um, um, printed in 1648. I'm not going to get into the whole story behind the Sefer. There's a lot to talk about it. The Magad Avram brings it down um, many a few times. Today it's an obscure Sefer. Very few people know about it. I mean, it's available. Baruch Hashem, we have Hebrew books. It's a Chachma. And he's the first person that brings down the Sefer Hasidim. So you want to know how he brings down Sefer Hasidim. Interestingly enough, he says, Mash, people don't learn my katan. It's a Sakana. He says, So he's bringing down from the Sefer Hasidim, how should he do it? Make sure, just the Davim, but Adarab is a mitzvah to learn. Okay, very good. Moving, moving right along, we have a Shira Knesset He brings this down, and from here on, everyone quotes the Shira Knesset He says, um, he brings down, what should he do? That's what he brings down from the Sefer Hasidim. Then he says, this is him talking, he says, I heard that in Kushta, people don't learn Erevin, Nida, and Yavamas. Now we learned about, we, we already saw about um, Yavamas. We never heard anything about Nida or Erevin. What's going on? So he says, what's the reason? The Rasha Tevis are Ani. Okay, so Ani, so what does that have to do with anything? He doesn't explain. Then he says, some people don't learn Masechtas Baba Basra. Why not Masechtas Baba Basra? So he says, Yeshayimim Kuzrashi um, got sick. And it seems that he might have died. Then says the, Knesset, the Shiar Knesset Daila, but it seems that one should be more concerned is Rashi, it seems Rashi only got sick. He, he holds Rashi only got sick in Baba Basra. When does he die? In Masechtas Makis. Okay. Then he concludes his piece um, that we're, we're, if you learn, it's only concerning if you're learning Yeshiva, but one can learn himself, like it says in the Sefer Hasidim. So here you see um, a usage of the Sefer Hasidim, and he brings in a whole new story to this piece. Okay. A little bit later in 1733, this Sefer Shirek Nesagot is in 1717 after his Ptira, but um, literally 1733, we find the Chashavah Sefer Miradeya, the base Lechem Yehuda. He brings down the Sefer Hasidim and he says, One should, you could learn Mayakatam, you shouldn't leave it behind, but again, don't be medayik in it like you do to other Masechtas. Okay, but bottom line is, what's the maskana of the Shiari Knesset Daila? Because he's, he brought in, we saw he he, he made the problem greater. Not only Mud Katan, he added a few more Masechtas. Okay, okay. so just to mention very briefly a few things about this. One is, what 
the kasha is what's wrong with Erev and Anida? What did they? What 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 about them is is the concern? Also, Yaakov Spiegel in an article about this, yes, it sounds like it's only if you're learning it all together because it's Ani, Rosh Tevis Ani, whatever that means, but if you learn one Masechta of them, what, what's the exact problem? So he suggests that it's some type of, some type of Asmachta, and it's just that these three are really are hard Masechtas to learn. Truth is, one can find support for, um, for Spiegel's claim, because Rabbi Yaakov Emden in his Agais on the Zayar, Metpachas Farm, he says exactly this. He says that this whole Rosh Tevis is not really a real thing, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's sort of a Halatzaba Alma, that people that were learning, they weren't able to be aimed in because these Masechtas were murder. And everyone knows that these are the hardest Masechtas. And therefore, they created such a thing, but not because there's anything about it being dangerous or anything. Okay. A lot, a lot of people discuss the Rosh Tevis Ani, um, Shmuel um, Traga Abramson, Toby Preshel, Shmuel Ashkenazi. We're not going to get into that. Just to mention one source about it is that there was a Grace Tamachacham um, from Valozhin, Remartcha Ellsberg. So in the Saif Yamav, and he, him and the Nativ became very involved with the Inyanim of Yishav Eretz Yisrael. So they, they were on the same side. And they so and they so in a letter where Rav Eilsberg was writing to the Nativ, he says, Remember, we learned together Yevamis, and his lashon was achris ani, and he's being Maramis to that thing, but not because not any usher. Okay, fine. Now, just to just to mention two other um, two three other points with this, and then we'll uh, move on. Is there's a fascinating sefer that came out from manuscript a few years ago called Sefer Pulis from Rabchaim Vital. This is a magic sefer. This has alchemy. This is full of schoolers that Rabchaim Vital um, did. Some of them he did actually, hundreds of schools he says he did, and a lot of them he didn't do, but he collected from other people and he put in the safer. Anyway, I, I've written about this um, safer extensively, but one interesting point relating to us over here is he brings down that a kol rav yeshiva shaloyma b'shivasan echon migimul masechtos elu veheim yevamis nido b'avasro hu mesukan shiyamus. That he might die. Terem Yishalom Aisul Akraisa. Why? He says, V'rashi nifter b'msechtas basra. U'may rizal nifter b'yaisi kayom msechtas yivamis derech b'kiyasayim tamidav. Rizal died in yivamis. Okay. Fine. Now, the question is, what's going on? When did Rashi really die? Do we know? And according to, because we have some, Rashi's dying in Babavastra. According to others, he's dying in Marcus. Okay. So, um, so interestingly, this question was asked. Rodovan in the Kairodayus he brings from Shlaim Al Ghazi that it could be Rashi was working on two Purushim at the same time. He was and and he died in the middle and it was talking in the middle of both. Okay. Anyway, it was a beautiful the three days in in different Rashis when he was talking about Rashi dying. He said um, people like you know we didn't. Um, so there's different Lashonas how he said it, but in one of the times he gave a shear and he said. Um, in Baba Basra, it says that in Dafchav Tes, Rashi dies, and then goes Rashban. Um, and there's two Girsas. It seems one Girsa says, Ad Kan Perish Rashi, the other Girsa says, Rashi Mace. Says with the Sri Deyesh, Chas Rashi never died. He's a dying Chayv Yosef. He continues to live with us, where Isaac and his Parshanut and his Perish are Okay. Okay. Ad Kan, part one of this presentation. Wow, amazing. Some people are going to say, wow, it's already 25 minutes. Okay, we have to cut it short. But I think most of the Tzibur enjoys it so much. They want to continue. So let's move on. 
there's many sources in the Chassam Seifer. There's a lot of talk about the Chassam Seifer, stories about the Chassam Seifer. And this in particular, in particular, and other in Yanim, the Chassam Seifer was concerned about. I think that should be the next okay. uh, step of the presentation. Okay, so let's let's try to talk about the Chassam Seifer. One, as everyone knows, one of the great, great Yudalim of the past 200 years was the Chassam Seifer. And um, he wrote... He, he wrote a lot. He never, almost nothing of his was published in his lifetime. One interesting book of his, of his many interesting svarim, is a work called Sefer Zikaron. During the Napoleon, when the Pressburg was under siege in, the, in, the, in about 1809, I believe it was, and he wrote during that time about what was going on in this period of time, a fascinating book to read. Um, it's available on Hebrew books, I'm pretty sure. Now, in there, he talks about um, they were about to learn Chulim, and he says, "The Gazarti Yoyim Echad Tainus Kaidim Aschalas Hamasechta Kemavur BeSefer Chasidim." That the Sefer Chasidim says that you should fast Kaidim Limud Chulim VeYavamus. And then he talks a little bit more about it. Okay, the footnoters already point out, and others, uh, Shmuel Shkenazi pointed out that there's no Sefer Chasidim or such a thing. What's the shot? So Kiyadua, the Chasam Sefer was ish, always was proud of his of his answer that he came from Frankfurt. Yosef Aymitz, which we quoted earlier, is a Sefer from, I didn't emphasize enough, is from Frankfurt, and he was into the Sefer Yosef Aymitz. There, we saw, is that it said fast before learning the Sefer Shulun and Yuvamis. Okay, so this is a source number one in the Chassam Sefer um, that people always quote. Now, but there's a more scarier tshuva. Chassam Sefer has a tshuva where he's talking in Yanam of Avelis with the Rebbe Kiveger, and he says, you know, I'm going to talk about something related to answer, something related to Masech Tesmachos, and I, I guess it's not, not going to be any Akbadis. And then all of a sudden, I find out that my mother was Nifter, says the Chassam Sefer. And it and then he uses some very powerful shyness, and he says something about um, that he was a gavak the kapid, and it seems like some people interpret akedekachilu like that because he's he's saying that because he was Isaac and in Yanam Avelis, this is what triggered his mother Chasvashalom to die akedekach. Very very interesting shyness. It's kedai to be eyeing exactly what he says and. Then the rest of the tshuva, he, he ended up, he was the avil, and he ends up sending the Rebbe Kiveger, dealing with whatever they were talking about, and then he has a bunch of ha'aris about Masech Tesmachis, which we'll talk about shortly. Okay. Now, um, a similar story is mentioned, the, the, the um, Batik Sav Seifer, that he was um, he was giving shir on Gitten, certain sugi and Gitten towards the end, and he stopped um, for various reasons, and he stopped also similar type of thing, and he, even though it's interesting, we know that the Chassam Seifer gave shir on that particular sugya. The sugya is um, the sugya is is the sugya of Hayitzu Bekavla, which is also talking about Misa. So the so the Chassam Seifer stopped also. Um, but as I said, it's clear the Chassam Seifer gave shir on that sugya. Okay, but um, people bring down there's, there's, on the Chassam Seifer. There's a crazy amount of literature in general, so they quote. The marshal that Amsakta's Baba Kama, he was learning until Davav, and then he saw there was a lot of music and pre- of fires and damages were going on in the city of Pressburg. He stopped learning Baba Kama. He attributed it to the learning Baba Kama. In a different Russia, in a different Makar, it's brought down that at one point they were learning Chulim, and then at a certain point in time he wanted to go through it much faster. Remarkable things took some cipher. There's a there's another there's another source with the Chassam Seifer that um, 
they were learning Baba Kama, and there was I don't know if it was the same years, and there was fires. Okay. So there was a there was a yid that lived in England, Merdeka uh, Baki, in the Samsefer writings, like unbelievable. His name was Avram Shisha, and recently put it, they put out a sefer of his material that uh, various materials that he printed, published, and some that he didn't publish about the Samsefer. And he had that the Samsefer in the beginning of Baba Kama wrote some type of notes to himself. We we have it, and it's when he's in the beginning of Baba Kama he talks about that he should have Yeshuas, and then he says some type of lashon. The Samsefer says. Um, he should be have um, he he's, he should have a, um, he's he's concerned about mazikim and stuff, and he should and basically it sounds like he's asking for um, Yeshuas and these type of inyanim. Um, let me just see if I have the lashon right here. Okay, I don't have the exact lashon this second. Oh, sorry, yes, I do. So he, he says it could be that there's something going on. The Chsam Seifer was very concerned about these um, these type of things. Um, more than that, um, there's a fellow, Moaz Kahano, who wrote a whole article collecting many different things in the Chsam Seifer's writings where we see that he was very concerned about it. Just... One source relating to this is we find that Samsefer was very mocked about Al Tiftach Pelasatan, and he was very worried how people, when he would say a pasuk, what if it was if it was a pasuk relating to Misa, he was very concerned, he was very nervous, he, he because the power of of the word and everything was uh, was um, very very chashiv and important to him, and he held that it, it could play out a lot. Okay, now there was a um, a few years ago I put out a uh, reprinted an older Sefer. It came out in the 60s about Kaishal Elio from a fellow Rabbi Yehuda Avida. And in there he has a whole arichos where he talks about some cipher and he bring and he talks about some of these things that we mentioned and about learning Mayakatan. And then he, he brings down another chuva of some cipher, which was written to the Shailameshiv and his brother-in-law, where some people have the minig uh, about when they start Kiddush on Leil Shabbos, they start which is a chetzi pasuk, and there's a shaylo. You're called pasuk to pasuk to the how we mafsik into the pasuk. Okay, so he he when he talks about it, some sefer says some type of lashon. Hold on, why? Because Chazal Darshal said Toymoi Zehamaves Veloi Nachoin Lahaschi Belel Shabbos Kaidish Bazeh Ubiyichud Al Kaisal Bracha, which is an incredible, um, incredible um, shyness. Okay, now what's just to give some, um, um, how do you say, of some explanation in this some cipher, even though it's obviously not something that we, um, at least I, more regular people could understand. So to give two, two. In two points about this. Many years ago, I heard from a, a Yerushalmi Yid that I was able to know um, while learning in Eretz Yisrael um, as a Bacher. His name is Rabbi Yassel Tzainbart. And we were talking one time, and it came up about the Chsam Sefer. It's known, and we have Svarim of this. The Chsam Sefer wrote a lot of Shirim, Meir de Kashirim. And he, he said that he was once by Rabbi Kiva Sefer, and he showed him in his house that there's dozens of of the Shirim. At that time, I guess it wasn't printed. And he said, when was some cipher? When did some cipher write this? He wrote this between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. What happened was he was it was so hard for him to get back like down to earth from Yom Kippur 
till Sukkot, he would he would he just his pen would be nonstop flowing. He'd be writing all these types of things. Anyway, the, the point is, I'm trying to bring out a drop is that sometimes he's in a different playing field than us, and therefore he was very concerned about all these things. And it's interesting, he's even even in the truth, he's talking about Torah, but Kiva Eger, not not the um, Stama person, and he even he's saying he's saying about himself, he was very concerned about it. Okay, now the Ali Tamar. Um, and others, when they talk about this Indian, so they shtel to a Yerushalmi and Trumas, Rebuv Magal is also shtel to this Yerushalmi, and we see is that if people in general, this is not only for the Chsam Seifer, that if people, there's a concept is, in cup, the Chlala de Mulsa, called the Kapit Kapide Behedya, the Chlala de Loi Kapit Loi Kapide Behedya, which is like this, if someone looks at it as a Sakana, it's, it has a power, even though Alpi Be'etzim, it's not really, should it should not really um, have a problem. Why is that? There's, there's stuff that we don't understand, but it, a lot of times, um, if one wants, um, just to be, to bring it out, there's a concept of Ayin Hara. And today we know people travel all over to people that are experts in removing Ayin Hara. So referring back to this Rabbi Yossel Seinvart, I, when I was a Bacher, someone asked me, to um, find out a person that does remove Zion Hara from you, that, that's reliable, to go to him. Okay, so I went to talk to this Rabbi Yassel Tzainvart about it, and he told me there's no reason to be Makbid. If, you if you're not Makbid, it doesn't affect you. But he said, but this person's mom is bothering him. Okay, so then maybe there's something. So he recommended me to go to a person. I went to this person, and this per- I went for other people also. I did it, and you see how they pour hot aluminum and eyeballs form until they constantly say the shamans, whatever. But now, what's the point? The point was is that in Ayn Hara also, we see that it's brought down. There's a Nakuda of if it bothers one per a person then it could bother so some so something about misa or these or in general all these types of things it gets people nervous and for generations the hamoin am got very scared talking about death and stuff like that that's what's going on now some say we're not equating him to the hamoin am but he also he understood the power of the word so to speak and whatever okay now to be assigned this section is that it's interesting in hungary you would think that they would go with the with the some cipher it was an incredible discovery a few years ago that um, there was a one of the great gedolim of Hungary before World War II was Rabbi Sacher Teichtel, famous today for writing the book Ema Banim Samecha. In the Mizrahi world, they call it the the the, the actually whatever whatever they call it, but they're very into the sefer to put it mildly. The Ema Banim Samecha, an incredible incredible sefer about in Yanam of Eretz Yisrael. Now they found it seems his he wrote an autobiography during the war years. Some people said it shouldn't be printed. Family members were not were not happy with it. But it was printed by his son. Um, and in there, we find Barichos, a massive um, drasha that he gave at a seum that he gave the rabbim to his shir that they learned in 1942. The whole the whole drasha is there in this yoman called Kar Hashoah Base. Okay, Adkan, Hungary, and the Chsam Okay, excellent. I think what people enjoyed last time, especially when you're talking about the Rashis, was the way you set it up historically. You know, until this time, no one talked about it, and as we went further, people started talking about whether it's Rashi, Rashi Xavyad. I got a lot of feedback about that. So perhaps you could do the same thing with throughout the generations. Do we see that the way you're learning it, you're not learning it from the Rishayim and take us through through modern day Paiskim, Halachalamaisa? Okay. What do we have? Okay. okay, so let's go through this very briefly, as time is short, and I'm way over my time already. 
Alatus. And truth is, uh, the way I presented it right now, we have the Chsam Seifer camp, we have the Yosef Aymets, we have the Seifer Hasidim, and had on the Sands of Hasidim. But Lamaise, what did they do throughout the generations? Now, to give a proper answer, only today we, are we able to even give an answer. Why? Because we have an explosion of printing of manuscripts and svarim which are available to us, and now we could see the story much better than they would have been able to see, let's say, in 1800 or 1900. Example, I mentioned last time that Chida lists the Ritva as the only Sefer on the Masechta. And it's very strange. In his, in his travels, we know that Chida traveled, and just this week, a beautiful edition of part one of his travels just came out um, with pictures and maps and everything. Beautiful edition. Highly recommended. He says he saw the Miri. He saw the Taisis Rid, and the Miri and the Rid wrote on my cotton, and he says he saw an old Shas. He doesn't even mention it in his list. But the point is that they, they were only aware of one Rishon for hundreds of years on the Masechta. So, Lamaisa was learning Ma'ilkatim part of a curriculum, if you, to, for lack of a better word. So we know there's no place in Shas where there's a special Masechta devoted just on Avelis. Let's say Hilchas Ma'ilkatim, we know now, because we're learning that family, Ma'ilkatim has a part that deals with Hilchas Avelis. Okay. And why is it found after this Masechta? So the Eretz Svi from Frimer. Um, in his Sefer Amayadim deals with it in at least five places to explain thus why Dafka in Ma'ikatan do we have Hilchas Avelis. Okay, Ayyushan. Now, the Chsam Sefer brings down that he heard a Varth from his Rebbe Dafla that um, relating to the time in the Midbar that when Ma- he, he talks about when Maisha, when Miriam was after Mises Miriam, so Klal Yisrael were not were over bittel tyrus, so to speak, because Maisha and Aaron were Avilim, and they were and Klal Yisrael was Aser, they were Aser in Talmud Tyra. So there was a time on them that they should have learned with them either Elam Galchim or Hilchos Machis. So the so we see from here that the, that there was some Hilchos Avilus already way back then, which goes into a whole different discussion of how early really the Mishnayos are is it really. In times from what we see from here in Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron's time, but there was something called Masechta Smachis. So, what is this Masechta Smachis? So, Masechta Smachis is one of the seven Masechtas, it seems. We know Masechta Ketanis, sometimes it's called Avo Rabasi. It's even quoted in the Gemara Maikatan. Rashi Masechta Ksuvis refers to Avo Rabasi, Masechti, the Kainis Smachis, Vizuhi Mishnah Rishaina, and he refers to the Mishnah Rishaina. We have this work, it's printed in the Shas Vilna. You'll find we found more pieces over in recent years. And there's English edition from Afel Dov's Latnik, and Oiz Vahadar includes it in their um, fancy shas. I mean, in the, I think in their the shas Amavar. They printed it as a separate volume. There's many Mepharshim written about it, but interestingly, not in the first few hundred years after it was available. Somehow, in the late 1700s, all of a sudden, a few different Purushim are written on the Sechlis Machais. Just to mention, there's Obinion Yeshua, Nachlis Yakai, Tasimchas Yehuda. And some others. They could all be found in this Eisbahadr volume, Sechtas Machais. I'm not sure if it's still available. And there's also um, Rabbi Shai Berlin Rodharis that could be found in the Tzferes Yisrael's Father Sefer. And the Gra, throughout learning Bir HaGra on Yeridea in Hilchus Avelis, one will come across his usage of Sechtas Machais. Karen Eyre used it. One of the first farm that were printed of the Gra actually was his Nusuch of how he held the, the Sechtas Machais source to be. Now, What's so important, interesting is that the Maratzchayas writes about Masechta Smachais, that many times people talk about things relating to Misa, and they say, oh, there's no Makayas for it. And if you, in Yanim of Sakana, and he says, if you open up the Masechta Smachais, you'll see that that's a lot of times that is the source, that there really is a source 
a, a, a real proper source. Okay. The Mimi at the end of the Sefer, he collects stuff from Musechus Machis. Okay, moving, this is, but this is how early is the Musechus Machis? It seems it's very, very early, as I mentioned, even the, 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 the is saying that even in the time of Shurabbeinu, that they might have existed on some level. Okay, fine. Now, but moving faster, um, after we have Chazal, the Ga'inim, what about Ga'inim? Now, what did they learn these Masechtas? So, in general, there's no real map. No one really ever mapped out what Masechtas did they learn from the Gainim period and even in the Rishayim time. Um, there's a massive book on yeshivas from Mordechai Breuer. He does deal with it. He has sources about it, but not a lot. It doesn't give you a full picture. But Lamai, so if one takes out the Sefer Eitzah Gainim, you could see there's a lot of pieces of material on Masechtas Marikatan. Actually, it's called Masechtas Mashkin. Okay, whatever, fine. We already discussed that last time. Now, moving forward, Rabbeinu Hananel also wrote Pirish, found on the side of Yishas Vilna. But when does that come to print? Only in the 1880s. But at least we see that as far back as then, after the Gainim, they're learning Mayukatam. There's a whole, the whole Masechta. There's a Ritz Gaius, Bendairi of the Rif. But this Sefer is also, when is the first time it's published? In the 1860s, with an extensive Pirish of Bramberger. Then we have, which we discussed last time very brief, uh, more at length, we have Rabbeinu Gershom, Parish Magenza, Revel Yakim, Rashi, all these different, we discussed all about them. But we see they're all dealing with my katan bi'iyun, including these parakim. There's a sefer, which I did not mention last time, a very hush of a sefer, also a discovery only past 120 years, a rash, Rav interesting what, where his name comes from, also discussed by Richos and Bagdama of the beautiful edition, which is available on Hebrew books. In Italy, we find, um, he, it seems to me he's an Italian Rishon. There's the Piske Rid, the Tysis Rid. They, we, we, discussed the, we discussed the Tysis Rid last time. There's also a Piske Rid. Then there's the Me'iri, there's a Mechtam, there's a Ma'iris, a Rimalun Hashlama. All these things are only 100 years old. What I mean to say is they're hundreds of years written, but they, we didn't have them. The Rivet we discussed last time is a lost work. So we see that constantly they were learning the Masechta. The Gedolim doesn't mean that the Shiurim were based on that. This is a question that's very hard to answer. And to another very important sefer that one must mention is the Ramban. Ramban wrote a sefer called Tyrus Adam. It's first printed in 1518. It goes till 15, then the next edition is 1595, and then it disappears. You say most people didn't have it. Um, but the last part of the Sefer Ramban on Tyrus Adam is a Shargmul that people did have for some reason that was printed. The next time the Ramban on is uh, reprinted the the Tyrus Adam is in 1840. Now, um, when does this, how does it get the name Tyrus Adam? We don't know, but the Rajba Shmuel Ashkenazi already points in an article on the Tyrus Adam that the Rajba already knew that it was called the Tyrus Adam. Okay. Now, what editions are there of the Tyrus Adam today? So, just this week, as I was preparing for this um, presentation, all of a sudden I get an email that a, a brand new Tyrus Adam came out. I immediately I said I need to have it before. It's embarrassing if I don't have it. I'm going to talk about Tarus Adam. So here it is, a beautiful edition. It's over 600 pages, footnotes based on all the manuscripts, indexes, a beautiful, beautiful job. Earlier, if one wanted to use the Tarus Adam, one had to use the Shvel edition found the Kisfer Ramban. And now, just a drop of, uh, just to discuss a drop about this because we can't, we, otherwise uh, I'll get complaints. Like this, the Chibur Tyrus Adam was in front of Gedolim such as the Shach and the Gra. The Magen Avram, I am pretty convinced, did have it, but the Taz did not. How did the Taz and most Gedolim Achorinim have it until the 1840s? They used the Beis Yosef. The Beis Yosef, it was a rear work, basically. Okay. Now, interesting is, in the discussion of 
the, his, about the importance of Tyrus Adam and Mesat Nesmachis, Rav Raman Agra says that the Beis Yosef had a Tyrus Adam and everyone's using Tyrus Adam, but he didn't have the Mohamis on Mesat Nesmachis Katan. Um, okay. If one learns Ramban, if one learns Bir Hagra, you'll see Kaseder, the Tyrus Adam is very important. He had the Tyrus Adam, although, as I said, it's printed in 1595, so he has a rear safer. Not, not unusual. Okay. Um, Rabbi Fahim Zal Margolis, in an incredible hesped that he gave in 1815, which was in a hesped that discussed in Yoni Drush, Halacha, I have no idea how, if, I feel bad that I'm talking so long, but I have no idea how, how long this hesped took to give over. So in the middle of the speech, he says that there's a, that in order to understand it properly, you have to know there's a Torah Sadam, but it's not, it's a safer that people don't have. So he brings the Gan Tzalashon, and he's Medayikin, and builds a lot off it, and then he quotes, because he had, he a massive Svarim library. Um, okay, later on, after after the Rebbe Zalma goes, we, we see the um, the Shlach, not the Shlach, the Netziv, and Hamek Sheila uses it extensively, the Karen Oira, and his work on Marikatan uses it all the time, and he also uses the Masechus Machos and Minchas Pasim that we spoke about last time, which I made a mistake. Someone corrected me about this. I, I linked him to be a Talmud of Ruchaim Velazhen. He's not. He's a Litvak. He had to do with Ruchaim Velazhen, but he was not a Talmud. But he was a great guy, and he used the Tyrus Adam also extensively in his work on Marikatan. Now, one, just two other, um, a few other things about the before I move on with the Ramban and, and his Tyrus Adam. One is the tour also is based heavily on the Tyrus Adam. Um, other other people, that um, how else was it used? Interestingly enough, is there was the great Rabbi Sezalm Meltzer, one of the Gedolim, Litvish Gedolim of the past hundred years, author of Avanazel, father-in-law, and we know so much about him. So he, there's a beautiful book about him called Bader Chaim, two volumes, it's been in print a few times, I'm not sure if it's in print right now, but very kadai to read. One of the projects that he took upon himself was that he felt that the Ramban's tire was not available. It wasn't. We're spoiled today. You go into Swarm Street, you can buy three different editions of Ramban. There was none. So he went and got manuscripts, etc., etc., and he puts it out. And he went on the Sechtas, and he took the relevant pieces and put it out there. So someone would go and you, if you want, with the Aris. Not only that, um, people had Titus, why are you wasting your time with it? And he showed them it's important. And not only that, he was mechaven to many corrections with mistakes, and that later on we see that he's mecham to the manuscripts. Anyway, um, bottom line is, the Tyrus Adam is one of the most important svarim on Mechlal and Hilchus Avelis. From the Torah and onwards, it's it's used, even the Rush uses it a lot. Okay, Adkan with the Ramban. Um, just to finish up with the Rishayim is the Rush. Before we get to the Rush side, there's the Raman Rutenberg wrote a sefer called Hilchus Machis. It was not available in an in its entirety, only in our generation. Once again, another safer that only recently we have. There's some Purushim on it. Now, the Rush um, has a massive arichus. If you learn Marikatan in the back, the Rush has a ton of material. We have Taisis, we have the Rechilmi Pariz, and, and which we spoke about last time. There's the Rand, there's also the Muki Yosef. And as I said last time, it's there's, it's two independent works. The Rashash also, and the Aris Amishnais points this out. Adkan, so the Rishayim on this Masechta. But we see is that they. So many Rishayim, they learned the Masechta Ma'ikatan, and they weren't, um, um, they didn't have it as a, that it's also to learn the Masechta. Okay, Rebeliezer, amazing. I think we both run out of time, but we still owe the Tzibur and the audience, the Achreinim, Maran De Paiskim, a list of Svarim Hilchas Avelis. So let's wrap this up now in Amit Hashem. We're going to record another, another session, another presentation just on those 
Achreinim, Svarim, and you'll get back and touch on, are you flying through some of the Rishayinim? I'm sure you have some more to add on some of the things you already touched on. So, Mitzvah we'll have to come back and we'll do part three.